0: murder divorce drugs our courts are full of stories scary sad and hilarious most are tales stranger than fiction these are true law stories brought to you by videocasestory.com the ultimate resource for customer and client video stories we're going to talk about florida homeowners on this episode true law story we're talking about the insurance changes We're also going to talk about the case of wet Persian rugs and bad faith insurance and how one insurance company blew through legal fees on a small case against Caleb Payne from the Payne law firm. Caleb, say hi.
1: Hello, everybody. Thanks for having me,
0: Ian. My pleasure. And we're also going to talk about how you can still get attorney's fees paid by insurance, some of the big misconceptions, how much insurance premiums are going to go up, how Florida homeowners got hosed in the new law, what Florida homeowners can do to protect themselves. One of the things Easiest things you can do to protect your house, and I didn't know this, and I'm actually going to go on Amazon and fix this right now, but, and who's really spending money on legal fees, all this on this True Law Stories, but don't forget, if you're trying to promote your business, your law firm, one of the best things you can do is your client stories. Go to videocasestories.com, where we can help you win 12 different ways to land more referrals and more business. Go to videocasestory.com slash big fish. All right, let's get started. Before we get into this, because I want, I want to talk about, you've got a Persian road case here. You've got a, a lot of different things going on about how you're fundraising money, and I want to talk a little bit about that, and also some of your pro bono work. But so, before we start, tell us a little bit about your practice and what you all do.
1: Sure thing. So I do first-party property here in Florida. My practice spans throughout the entire state of Florida. We are located in central Florida, Orlando. Orlando. And the majority of our work is taking place within an hour and a half or so of where we're at. We sue insurance companies on behalf of building owners, residential and commercial property owners for breaches of insurance policies. It could be anything from wind, fire, vandalism, water damage, pipes bursting, storm damage. Of course, the last hurricane season was pretty active. So now, windstorm is probably making up the mass majority of the new cases that we're getting in. But that's our main area of focus. It's an area that I've been working on for about 12 years now, two while I was still in law school, and then full-time ever since 2014 when I got my license. Awesome. And it's, it's
0: here in Florida, it's a pretty intense <laughs> line of business to be in because we have a lot of property damage, yay. Before we get into your stories, real quick, and we don't have to go deep into the politics of it, but everyone's asking how the recent laws are going to change their rights with the insurance company.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's probably the most important thing that we could talk about here right now, because it's what most people who are going to be listening to this are going to be caring about. If you're a property owner in the state of Florida, this is, this probably be the most important thing that I'll say. I'll try to say some entertaining and funny, fun things too. But as far as keeping money in your pockets, this is probably the most important thing I will say. So the new laws, which passed, they were passed in December and I believe enacted in mid-March. Those laws only apply to insurance policies that were enacted after the new law went into effect. In other words, if you've got a claim, let's say your kitchen sink started leaking in December or January or February or even March, you're still good. It's going to, in the sense that the loss, the claim will be governed by the old rules In which you, as the building owner, are entitled to collect your attorney's fees from the insurance carrier if you prevail. So, moving forward now, policies are renewing every day. And if a policy automatically renews today, it's May 23rd, 2023, a loss occurs afterwards tomorrow. Then we're going to be talking about the new laws where. There's no what. There's no more one-way fee-shifting statute. 627-428 has been changed so that you're not automatically entitled to prevailing party attorney's fees as a homeowner. Now, there are some ways attorneys like myself, plaintiff's attorneys in the property field can still shift the burden back onto the insurance company and make them have to pay for our fees. It's gonna require a certain amount of risk tolerance, Uh, On behalf of the homeowner, the property owner, it's going to require some strategy in litigation and making of an offer, what's called a proposal for settlement or an offer of judgment, which would give the insurance company a certain amount of time to accept our offer. If they don't accept, we beat that number in court by 125%. We can still make them pay our attorney's fees. Also, we don't anticipate that pre-suit the negotiation strategies are going to change that much. Certainly in litigation, things will be different, but more than 50% of our cases get settled pre-suit anyway before we even have to file a lawsuit. We don't think with the new laws changing that our policies pre-suit are going to be affected that much. At least we haven't seen much change yet. It's only been a couple of months.
0: Yeah. And I'm sure another hurricane comes and it'll be an interesting conversation, won't it?
1: That's the next thing I was going to say is that I talk to a lot of people, attorneys and politicians and state, local, et cetera, it, people in the insurance field. And there's a very good possibility. I don't, I'm not going to put a number next to it, but the chances of some concessions being made back towards the consumers and the homeowners or the laws being changed back to the way that they were. I don't think that's. That far out of the question. In fact, I wouldn't even be surprised, to be honest, should DeSantis run for president or become president, and depending on who comes in next after him, that all of these laws go right back the way that they were, because what you're going to have is another two, three years are going to go by, premiums are going to continue to rise by 20%, 50%. I've even seen two, three, 400% increases depending on the carrier the property, the premiums will never go down. There's nothing in the new legislation requiring the premiums to stay at a certain level or to be capped at a certain level of increase, nothing at all to that effect. And when these premiums continue to go up and all of a sudden saying, Hey, everybody's saying, we don't have the same coverage that we used to have. We're paying way more for the same or worse coverage. Somebody help us out. We got to do something. And these insurance companies are getting enormous subsidies and grants the state of Florida to stay afloat to begin with. I we got totally hosed as consumers this past session, in my opinion. I think it's going to be a few years or so before people realize what happened. Most people aren't really interested in paying attention at all to these kinds of things. And once once these rates continue to rise and people are continuing to pay more and more for the same coverage or less coverage, and the people who really get hurt the most are the the middle class and the lower income homeowners because. For example, if it's a $100,000, $200,000, dollars $400,000 roof, the owner of a home with a roof like that is more than likely going to be able to pay $0.60, $0.70 cents on the dollar to get their roof fixed, where a lot of times, I'd say 80%, 90% of the cases that we're working middle-class homes, people are having trouble paying their deductibles. A lot of people don't have 1000 thousand, two thousand $2,000 laying around to to come up with that money. And it's a bit of a struggle. It's unfortunate. Hopefully there is some light at the end of the tunnel. And uh, I guess we're just going to have to see what happens. And I don't mean to completely
0: derail this, but I think it's a a super important topic. And since we're talking about Florida law here and crazy laws and and you've got some great stories, but I think it's so topical. What can homeowners do right now Mm. to protect themselves, uh, to prevent if they think they have something going on in their house or to protect themselves or choosing new insurance. What are some of the things that an individual homeowner can do?
1: Documentation is good. Nobody wants to keep records of how often you have your gutters cleaned or your AC filters replaced, et cetera. But any kind of records and documentation that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing to maintain your home, that's going to help you. There are A few options as far as insurance companies, it's hard because it's cyclical. I I used to be able to give you a list of the ones I would say, call these companies and they're good and they'll give you a good rate and they do what they're supposed to do. I can't think of any off the top of my head right now. They are out there. Chubb used to be really good. For example, Mercury, if you can get it, is great. I like AAA. I like USA.
0: That's one I have. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, there you go. You're lucky then.
1: Yeah. Documentation, researching. It's really good to have an insurance agent that you trust and have a good work with and have a relationship with because they usually know. And yeah, other than that, yeah, there's really not a whole lot we can do at this point. You can you can petition your local councilman, you can file complaints with the Better Business Bureau or Silver Remedies notices, but yeah, just prepare the best you can and Have some sandbags in the garage or maybe some tarps in the the shed in case there's some kind of loss. Oh, know how to turn off your water. That's a big one. Almost nobody ever does this. But if there's ever a loss, that's the first thing you have to do is shut off the water out at the street, the main line, the valve for the entire house. It's pretty easy to do it. There's a tool they make that is specifically for it. But it happened to me fairly recently, and it w- there was some dirt over over several months. I had covered it. I couldn't even find it. Eventually, we found it and got it shut off, but it was, had we shut it off 20, 30 minutes earlier, the damages wouldn't have been as bad. So know how to shut off your water if you if you don't. Make sure you know where that's at. That's, uh, <laughs>
0: that's a great piece of advice, because I have no idea where that is, and I'm going to go right after this and figure that out.
1: <laughs> you never know. You never know. It's It could help.
0: That's, so if someone does, I know we want to talk about stories right now, but what are you, do you have a story of what's happening right now? Has this law taken into effect at all for you? Have you seen cases that have been affected by it so far?
1: Not yet, but like I said, we're not, we, there's a case, it's called the Menendez case, and it has to do with whether legislative changes, new laws are substantive or procedural. So if a new law is procedural in effect, let's say it's only changing like the number of days you have to wait before you're allowed to file a lawsuit, those laws can be enacted retroactively. In other words, if it's merely a procedural law change, then all the new case, it, it doesn't matter when the date of loss was or when the lawsuit is filed, it's, it's effective immediately, and everything afterwards goes by that rule. Now, if it is a substantive change, if the law is making substantive changes, for instance, in this new laws, which are altering or eliminating the one way fee shifting statute in 627 428, that is a substantive change. Essentially, it is a property that is over 100 years vested in the state of Florida. And the Menendez case says that any laws that, that affect substantive, that make substantive changes cannot be applied retroactively. They have to go by basic contract law, in which case we're looking at the date that the insurance policy's inception occurred. That's the men in this case. So we haven't seen that become an issue yet. It's going to be becoming an issue. We're expecting it to be an issue soon, But as far as what we're doing, the way that we operate, we have not had it be an issue for us yet, but it could any day. I could, as soon as I hang up from this call, I could get an email. We've got this adjuster saying X, Y, Z, what do we do? Gotcha. Gotcha.
0: And so that's interesting. So if someone does have a a case, we'll put the link to thepainlaw.com. It's P A Y N E. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. And there's your phone number in there. Is that the best way to get in touch with you if they have a problem?
1: Definitely the main line, 407-915-5447. We're also online. The website is thepainlaw.com.
0: Awesome. So we'll put a link to that in show notes. All right. Let's talk a little bit more about some of the crazy things that you've had happen. You have a Persian rug story (laughs) to share.
1: Uh, Yeah. After Hurricane Irma, we had a lot of cases down in Naples, Marco Island area. And one in particular, there was a condo. The owner of it was a doctor. I believe he was a professor at one of the universities down there, older guy in his 80s. And he had this really amazing collection of Persian rugs. It was, I don't know, 15 or 20 of them, maybe at least covering just about every room and hallway. And it wasn't like overdone. Like it looked good and they were nice. His estimation were that these rugs were worth millions of dollars, more than at least more than one. And he may well have been right, but we were dealing with a policy limit of about 80,000 or so. And the policy limit, as far as non like structural damages. So contents, the contents limit was about 80,000. We had a lot of trouble with this case because as the case went on and the guy was getting older, we had a very difficult time sort of communicating what was happening in the case to our client. And the value of the rugs to him kept increasing, even though we happened to catch defense and making a few mistakes and we were able to, we had a lot of leverage on them, but there was not a whole lot you can do when the limits are what they are, you can sue for bad faith. And if you file a civil remedies notice, it puts the state on notice that an insurance carrier has violated some various statute. And if they don't correct it within 60 days, you can sue them for bad faith, which is a separate cause of action. It's separate from a breach. In a bad faith lawsuit, there are no privileges and, and discovery, So you get the entire claim file and insurance companies are just trying to avoid it at all times. And it's a great way to create leverage on your regular case and just get it all done together. That case was just funny because we had, we were in a great position and then we weren't in a great position and then we were again. And eventually we got it done for a really good number. It was was like half of what he was looking for, but it was way more than we thought that we were owed under the policy. And and then he was happy and he signed off. Before he signed off on it, then he decided that he wasn't happy with it. We were going to have to withdraw as counsel, and then there was an estate issue, and I believe his son came in and helped us out with it. We had we had some very long depositions in that case. It was that was one of the more memorable ones that stood out just because of the the contents only being the Persian rugs, and you don't really ever see that. I'd also like to tell a story. One of the first cases I've ever worked in this business was a simple water loss. It was a twenty four hundred dollar water damage that I was suing for. So. The home is in Miami gardens is, and uh, is it all right if I tell the story now?
0: Yeah, no, it's awesome. Yeah. Keep going.
1: (laughs) This is a home in Miami gardens. It's probably about a thousand, maybe 1200 square feet total. There was a water damage leak where the washer dryer pipe had burst. And like I said, my client is a water restoration company seeking $2,400. So I show up to this inspection. I'm like a couple of months, brand new attorney, driving my car from law school with 200,000 miles on it, wearing like a cheap suit. And I show up at this inspection and there's five other people there. There's four cars. There's like a Porsche Cayenne and these big trucks with rims and contractors all have cowboy boots, snake skin. And they got Rolexes on. And the partner of the law firm is there. And then there's a, a consultant who's got an assistant and there's a public adjuster. It's, it's this huge deal. All these people over $2,400 is, is all I'm seeking here. Wow. And I'm just trying to figure out like, what, what is this? What is going on here? The insurance company must be spending five or $6,000 alone just to have <laughs> these people here. To defend my $2,400 claim. And so that kind of set off like red flags for me. And uh, I ended up taking that case to a uh, motion for summary judgment, which is where you get the judge to say that there's no issues of fact as to a certain area of the case. At that point, it was really just going to be damages. So I was, I had already won and it was a question of how much that law firm ended up getting fired by the insurance company who it was citizens. Actually, it was a state ran insurance company. And then the citizens ended up having to pay me like $50,000 in fees on my $2,400 bill, separate from whatever else the homeowner's claim was for the rebuild. And so that was like my foray into this field. And I always remember that. And that experience taught me a lot that it's, it's not... The narrative, especially in this past legislative session, is that the greedy lawyers like me, the plaintiff's attorneys and the public adjusters and the claimants, the homeowners, are the ones who are committing all this fraud and driving the costs up for insurance in the state of Florida. But the reality is, and there, there's newspaper articles you can find from the Miami Herald, etc., that citizens, CEOs are telling reporters that, They have studies that showed of all of the insurance money that was paid out in the past year, greater than 90% of it went to lawyers. I see our books year in and out, and between 60 and 80% of the total revenue that we generate as a firm is going to the homeowners. So we're keeping 20%. We're not keeping 91%. I don't know what the percentages look like on the defense side, because I've never on the defense side, but if they're spending $6,000, give or take, for one day to defend a $2,400 case, which you then end up paying me 54000 out for, whatever the numbers are, th- then th- this arithmetic starts to make a little bit more sense. Certainly, you've got bad actors in every industry, and it's not everybody's wearing the white hat, but there certainly is a Robin Hood element of what we do, from my perspective, in the sense that, you know, we are lucky that we get to represent homeowners, business owners, normal people. We don't charge them. We collect our money from massive corporations with billions of dollars in revenue, some of which were getting huge grants and subsidies from the state of Florida to put people's homes back into the shape that they were prior to the loss. Most people's main investment, main asset is their home. Yeah. So that first, that first case down in Miami Gardens taught me a lot just about what we're doing and, and how this all works.
0: Yeah, it's crazy to think about that. Like that I'm sure that's not a solo incident, right? And where and no. if you and the flip side of it is you as a property insurance attorney and a personal injury attorney, you are you're footing the bill up until you win, right? So you're being as efficient as possible because you, you don't want to be stuck holding a huge bill if you don't win.
1: Yeah, we front all the costs, filing fees and service is about four hundred fifteen dollars, and some of my cases I need to get an estimate, which could cost me anywhere from five hundred to five thousand, depending on the size of the property. And then once you get into litigation, you've got to take depositions. That costs money. Ordering transcripts, travel, court reporters. We front all those costs in hopes that eventually we're going to get paid on the back end, and so we foot that bill. And a lot of the general contractors and the restoration companies are footing the bill to an extent, whether they're using an assignment of benefits, doing the work on the front end, coming in immediately, cleaning up the house, and then getting paid on the back end, or rebuilding the house on a letter of protection, essentially trusting that the attorney will recover under the policy cover J for the value of the construction, reconstruction services that are done to put the house back in the position that it was in before the loss we there is a lot of holding the bag that it's done and then insurance companies don't ever want to pay top dollar even though they get to not hold the bag for years sometimes collecting interest on their money or whatever they're doing with it i think they invest it in stocks and things like that it's all public record
0: yeah no it's yeah it's an interesting field, and then like I, I talk to people because we've done so many, so much. I've worked with personal injury attorneys and plaintiffs, personal injury for years, and it's amazing when you talk to them or and you talk to their clients because we do case stories. How many people think the insurance company is their friend? And it's, yeah, I'm like, yeah, I'd be your best friend if you sent me four thousand dollars, five thousand dollars a month, and didn't, any, and I didn't have to do anything. <laughs> yeah,
1: you just assume you assume that they're going to do the right thing, and. Every once in a while, they do the right thing. I actually had a claim at home at my house. I have, I had citizens at the time. They covered it. I mean, it was a shower line burst and there was no way they couldn't cover it, but they did. So they do the right thing on occasion. But yeah, I would agree with you that for the most part, these people are not your friend. It's a business. They're here to make money. And there's been a bunch of articles re- recently, lately that came out about how reports are being altered or doctored after the hurricane that insurance companies were hiring these third-party consultants and they were coming in and saying that this needs to be replaced. And the insurance company said, no, to rewrite that and say, it, it should say repair, or we're just going to write it and say that you said repair. That's All of these things are constantly happening and it continues to come out and nobody really does anything or cares about it because it's not the sexiest topic of the day. Yeah.
0: Until it's crazy expensive and you you can't get your home fixed. It's uh,
1: important. It's important. It's just it's not getting the attention that it deserves.
0: Yeah, especially now with our homeowners insurance going through the roof. That's what it's there for. It's yeah, it's nuts. But this has been awesome. This is a great conversation. Would love to have you back because I know we have a lot more stories. We can have you back to the studio since you're in Orlando. Sure. Would love to have you back. But once again, thepainlaw.com, and we will. And your phone number is.
1: I'm working on getting a novelty number. I could not get 321-Gopain. I tried. It was not available. But uh, next time you talk to me, Ian, I will have a novelty number that is easier to remember. All right. The Payne Law is pretty easy to remember.
0: And Caleb Payne is a unique name. Well, I'm sure some people can Google it pretty quickly. I will put it, and we'll put a link to all of it in the show notes. If you guys have any property damage issues in Florida, make sure to give them a call. But Caleb, thanks so much for being on True Law Stories.
1: Thanks for having me in.
0: And thank you all for taking Caleb and I on our journey. This has been I Garlic and True Law Stories. True Law Stories has been brought to you by videocasestory.com testimonials stink no one wants to watch a testimonial or read a case study you need video case stories for your business go to videocasestory.com to learn more